Welcome to the Startup of the Year podcast, where each episode we showcase exciting new companies from around the world. This podcast is produced by Established, creators of the Startup of the Year program. Established is focused on helping organizations with their innovation, startup, and communication strategies. Welcome back to the Startup of the Year podcast. I'm Frank Gruber, the co-founder and co-CEO of Established, co-founder of Established Ventures, and the team behind the Startup of the Year community and this very podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I'm back from Austin. We had a great week in uh, Austin, Texas at South by Southwest, and this episode is going to be a conversation from that uh, that time there. We hosted the Established Lounge on Sunday, uh, the 12th of March, and it was a great day. Lots of great people came through. We had a pitch competition and a lot of other things that happened throughout the day. And so you're going to get a lot of content from that that uh, lounge the next couple of weeks. It's a lot of good, good conversations with founders and thought leaders and uh, venture capitalists. Uh, today, though, we're going to talk about uh, actually something that happened right after, like literally within a day of the Silicon Valley bank collapse. Uh, so may- emotions were pretty high. Uh, there still was a lot of uncertainty in the air, and you'll find that coming out of this conversation. So we had a, a discussion with uh, three other folks that are involved in the venture community, venture capitalists, uh, with funds and you know, there was uncertainty about the future of venture at that point. <laughs> and so, but ironically, this would, I had put in a long time ago, and it was basically about the future of venture and startup investing. So we were supposed to talk about this future of startup investing. We ended up talking a lot about the uh, Silicon Valley Bank situation, and you'll hear that in this conversation. Please keep in mind this conversation took place immediately after that announcement of Silicon Valley Bank's collapse. And so, you know, things have significantly changed since then. Uh, the FDIC stepped in and uh, insured deposits, which helped, you know, ensure that, um, you know, customers like startups got to pay their payroll on time and, and things of that nature. So a lot, we're on a lot better ground now than we were at that point. And so don't panic. This has been resolved <laughs> to the point of like, people are actually okay. And, uh, you know, obviously still sorting out uh, an, an owner for a new buyer for uh, SVB. Uh, and they haven't done that quite yet, but they will soon. All right, but before we dive into that conversation, I uh, wanted to talk about a pitch competition we hosted at our event as well, our day of events at South By, where we had 10 startups from our community pitch in front of some really great uh, judges from from all over the country. Um, I'll rattle them off quickly, and hopefully um, you get a chance to connect with some of these folks in person at some point. It's a great group, and we really appreciate their time and being a part of this. Uh, we've got Anita Roberts, who's the uh, founding uh, partner at uh, Movement uh, or MVMT Ventures, I think, and she's also at Silicon, Silicon Hill Capital. Uh, we've got Brian Brackeen, who's the general partner at Lightship Capital. Uh, Bry- Bryson Hearn, from he's uh, the economic opportunity uh, practice at uh, manager of the economic opportunity practice at Village Capital. Candace Matthews Brackeen, who's the uh, CEO of the Lightship Foundation. Uh, Conrad. Holloman, who's the uh, director of government programs at The Engine, uh, Daryl Etherton, uh, he's uh, managing editor at TechCrunch, uh, Kathleen Hale, who's the partner at uh, Builder and Backers Capital, Chris Hatch, who's a senior associate at uh, Launch Tennessee, Martin Ringling, who's the general partner at a venture fund, Michelle um, Konensky, who's the uh, business growth consulting uh, company at uh, her own company actually it's Konensky Group and the Noor Group and uh, Monique 
Idlet Mosley, who's the managing partner at Rain Venture Capital, Trey Bowles, who's the managing director at Techstars, and Wilson Nyland, who's uh, in charge of the credit program director at Hello Alice. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Could not say do it without you all. Appreciate all the judges being there and volunteering their time, listening to some amazing pitches and spending an hour with us at South by Southwest when I know there's a lot of other things they could be doing. Uh, there's lots to happening, especially on the weekends at South by. So appreciate your time. But it was worth it. There are some great companies and I heard some great feedback from the judges about the companies. So uh, hopefully you got something out of it as well. And we appreciate the companies for, for sharing their pitch uh, at such an uh, interesting time and obviously also in front of a live audience. So the startups of pitch though were Accelerate 3D, Applied Bioplastics, uh, Batch Place, Chapter, Heat It, uh, included, uh, Legalpreneur, Spontively, Tested Web, and Verba, uh, Verba Baby Corp. And uh, they all did an amazing job. It was um, tough conditions. We had some audio issues here and there, and basically had to shout it out uh, to a, an open crowd. And the crowd was super attentive, so I appreciate that, but um, still a tough, tough situation. And uh, they did great. But uh, the winner that came out on top for the best pitch at this particular event um, is, drumroll please, it is included. Uh, so congratulations to um, the co-founder, uh, Laura Close, who gave a winning pitch that focused on customer results and outcomes. Uh, she won a spot to fast track onto our Startup of the Year Summit, which is coming up at the uh, in this you know, end of the year here. And uh, we're excited that of what she's doing and obviously appreciate uh, her pitch and doing a great job. All right, we couldn't have done it without the sponsors and su- support of our sponsors. And we want a couple actually I wanted to thank, obviously, Launch Tennessee. Thank you, Launch Tennessee. It's, they've got to run a great program down in Tennessee for those of you that are not familiar. Go check them out. The whole state is really growing and thriving because of the work they're doing. Um, obviously, Established Ventures is our, our investment arm threw in to support the event. And obviously, Start the Year was a supporter of the Established Lounge as well. Um, Booth Easy is another supporter. They were our camera uh, on the ground, taking photos at the event and, and some live, uh, obviously some live video things as well. Um, so check them out if you're interested in, in event related photos and a special thank you to the America seed fund They're as a partner of the event, uh, America seed fund is a $4 billion a year fund. That's, you know, basically inve- in investing in innovators through, um, you know, different kinds of contracts and grants. And that's basically powered by, uh, 11 different agencies and a lot of different programs. Um, so check that out, americaseedfund.us, if you're interested in learning more. Lastly, though, I wanted to mention and thank the panelists for being a part of it. It was a great conversation, and um, you obviously are going to hear it here in a second. And you're going to have other conversations like this coming out in the Startup of Your podcast here soon, the next couple of weeks, because we had some amazing people in the house at the Established Lounge, and uh, I'm excited to share them with you here soon. So please do... Uh, hang in there and subscribe if you aren't already and also share this with anybody that you think might be helpful because there's going to be some great content and conversations coming up here soon. All right, now let's jump in with that venture capitalist conversation uh, just right after that SVB collapse with uh, Erica, Maria, and Aziz. It's all happening at the Established Lounge at South by Southwest 2023. Erica Diagnick Minahan is is the founder and general partner at Rain Ventures. She's uh, typically invests in companies that raise a seed Series A rounds and focuses primarily on technology, consumer technology, enterprise software sectors, and is open to all opportunities uh, with exceptional risk and adjusted return potential. Yeah, okay. Uh, we're not in the right order here, but that's okay. I like how we've done it. 
Um, Aziz Galani, he's the managing director at Mercury Fund. He, uh, Mercury Fund is a venture capital firm investing in middle of the middle of the US, so middle of the country. Uh, as well as, uh, he's a member of the, this is kind of cool, National Advisory Council of Innovation and Entrepreneurship. Ooh, that's pretty cool. He's also a professor at Jones School at Rice University uh, and teaching entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial finance. Wow. And that's pretty cool. I didn't you know that. Let anyone teach. No, okay. And in 2021, he was a National Venture Capital Association Award winner as well. Congrats on that. And finally, we've got Maria Pope. She's the head of venture growth and partnerships at Republic, which uh, Republic is a, a global, uh, global private investing platform. She was previously with Black Girl Ventures as well. And she's out of D.C. So we've got New York, Texas, uh, Houston, right? Yeah. And Washington. And I live in Maine. All right. So we're going to get rolling here. So we kind of uh, want to start with a little bit of around the horn, um, a little bit of background if you want to quickly talk about some of the things you're up to, and then we are going to talk about it. Yeah. And then, so yeah, just a little bit about what you're up to and what you're excited about. It may be a fun fact. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been a crazy week. <laughs> we don't know what you're talking about. We'll talk about it in a minute. <laughs> So hilarious. Um, so my name's Erica Dye Minahan. I run a seed stage venture capital firm called Green Ventures. We invest in enterprise software and uh, consumer tech companies that are raising seed rounds. Generally, our initial check comes in when companies are raising anywhere from two to four million. Um, it's been a pretty nutty couple of days. Uh, I've spent my 25-year career in finance, so I started off right after long-term capital management debacle happened. You know, started my career right into the height of the dot-com bubble. Uh, was a Wall Street trader, uh, trading mortgage-backed securities uh, right before the 2008 crisis. And so, to me, this that happened last week and what's going to happen next week and what's going to happen over the next couple months, which, by the way, guys, is going to be fucking terrifying, is just par for the course. And um, it's really interesting because I will tell you, so I'm a member of Kauffman Fellows, which is like one of, you know, the sort of top uh, membership networks for VCs. And on Thursday morning, I was leaving London on a flight about to take off uh, from London to Austin to, to see you guys. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, and in the group chat, someone posts, hey, should we all tell our portfolio companies to pull their money from SBB? By the way, SBB is not only... Though. Yeah, this is Thursday morning. Wow. So SVB is not only our bank, but they were also the sponsor of all the events we had planned this weekend. Wow. <laughs> and as soon as I saw that message go through in the chat, yeah. I immediately texted back to everyone. I said, I can see the article now. This is Thursday morning. Mm -hmm. I said, I can see the article now. SVB goes under run on bank sparked by Kaufman Fellows group chat. And everyone uh, just kind of laughed, oh, but it That's literally happened. happened within 24 hours. Holy and like, smokes. as soon as you get one message like that, yeah. it's called catching a falling knife. Like yeah. there's no way to catch it. Like once we all run for the exits, mm -hmm. like we're basically all screwed. Yeah. That's and um, you guys, I know that only one person raised their hand around having an SVB <laughs> account. But I think it's really important for everyone here to recognize if you care about tech, if you care about the startup ecosystem, Silicon Valley Bank backed, banked 50% of venture-backed startups in the entire country. So all those startups plus a ton of venture capital firms, mine included and a lot of big ones, 
had a huge mother assets with Silicon Valley Bank. And as of today, you know, no one has bank accounts. Wow. No one has liquidity, no one has bank accounts. So we're in for a lot of trouble because not only did SVB fail within 24 hours, but you know, First Republic also is like not in a good position. And when we say 50% of startups are banked by SVB, probably the other 50 is probably yeah, are yeah, banked yeah, by First right, Republic. Right. And so right now, you know. Bank of America is one of our largest investors. Yeah. We have not even been able to get them to set up a bank account for us. They won't? I mean, it's not done yet, right? Like, we asked them on Friday, like, please. And they're one of our largest investors. Wow. So if we can't even get them to set up an account, like, it's, it's very, very interesting and scary times. And I think that no one should underestimate the amount of systemic risk that is going to come out over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And the reason why we are kind of especially screwed, and I didn't do this, like I said, I saw it happening, you know, I made my sarcastic comment, but if we ask for a bailout, VCs would be essentially asking for a bailout of a bank run that they created. And I can't see how that's gonna get through the system politically. Um, oh, I know people are trying to. Wonder, I know yeah. people are trying to spin up a story. Oh, it's the startups. It's whatever. Yeah. But the fact is, the owners of these businesses, the owners of the equity, created the problem, and so to ask to be saved from a problem that you know your industry created for itself, you know, is going to be really challenging. Tough ask. Definitely tough ask. Um, yeah. So. We'll pass the mic. I appreciate that. That's a good intro. Is your mic on? I don't know if my mic's yeah, on. Yeah, it's on. Is it on? Okay, it's on now. Yeah. Okay, we're passing the mic. Thank you, Erica. That's yeah. some heavy stuff, but we're going to get through that. <laughs> um, with some coffee soon, because I got an update that the coffee's grinder is going to be back here in operational by 1130. That's very exciting. Okay, Eric, why don't you go ahead. Aziz, share a little bit about yourself and what you're up to, what you're excited about. Yeah, um, so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm Aziz. Uh, as, as you mentioned, I do a lot of things. Um, uh, most recently, you know, like every other venture capitalist in America, I've been on the phone with all of my CEOs, understanding our SVB exposure. Our fund also banks with SVB. I'm also in KFP, and oh, you know, really? that, that's also been a fun like experience watching. Wow. Uh, all of my WhatsApp chats kind of blow up simultaneously. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, look, I mean, I mean, look. This is why we're paid to do our job. Um, uh, you know, you know. This is why we're institutional investors. Um, you know, you know. Uh, this morning I woke up at 7 a.m. I had my Google sheet up. I had all my portfolio companies listed. I saw where all my bank account balances are, where all my lines of credit are, where all my ICS conversions are. Um, uh, I had my first portfolio company wire me their entire bank account balance because they were afraid of their depositor bank. Um, uh, so that was entertaining. Um, uh, and we kind of like papered it up with demand notes. Oh no! Well, well, I papered up a demand note, um, uh, so in theory, there's some paper trail for it. Uh, but it, it's been. Um I mean, it's, it's been a wild uh, few days. And, uh, you know, um, uh, the National Venture Capital Association, we had an emergency call on Friday. We had another emergency call on Saturday. We have another emergency call today. And, you know, we'll, we'll try to navigate this thing. We can't control the environment we live in. We just try to play by it. And we'll see what we can do best. Um, fortunately, you know, the FDIC has been at this for a while. Um, bank runs are such a trope that, you know, this American life has a whole scene about it. Uh, you know, um, uh, so, so this isn't the first, second, 100th time that this has happened and you know we just kind of have to learn how to live with it. Wow. 
we'll, we'll dive back into what, what you guys are talking about, those emergency calls in a minute. So remind me to talk about that because I'd like to hear how that goes down. Um, Marina, go ahead. Share, share your, are you also an SVB banker? Uh, yes. <laughs> I did not set this up on purpose, okay? I just, this happens to be the way it goes, but this is crazy. Wow. Yeah. Great timing, um, I guess. I guess the other thing I would add to that, too, is that I think all of us sitting up here and probably many people in the room have dear friends that work at SVB. Um, so just to, you know, reach out to them, like, um, reminder, just the human element of, like, the craziness of what's going on in the markets to reach out to those folks. A lot of them are here sponsoring events that we're all going to this weekend. Um, so, yeah, just keep them, you know in your mind as we go through this too, because they're obviously experiencing like the craziness at a whole nother level. Um, but anyway, my name's Maria, I'm from DC, I work at Republic. Um, I was at a wedding last night in, in Austin, so my voice is a little shot awesome. today. That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah, but originally from Texas, so it's so much fun to be back here um, at South By from DC. Thank you, Bryson, for the coffee. <laughs> Bryson yeah. will be judging the pitch competition later, oh, so hey, you'll all see him. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, at Republic, I am our head of venture growth and partnerships, so building out the best pipeline through organizational partners that work with startups, um, and then also our purpose investment portfolio support, um, helping our portfolio companies grow and flourish. So yeah, it's a, a fun ride. Um, super grateful to, to be here, Frank. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you all for being here and for sharing your, your stories so far. I think we got a lot to talk about, so let's just dive right in. I mean, let's see if we want to talk about something else. Is there anything else you want to talk about? There's literally no, nothing else, else to talk about. about. <laughs> yeah, it'd be kind of silly for us not to talk about I can give fundraising pitch advice if that's <laughs> what you want. <laughs> we'll do that at the end so people kind of have a nice nugget. All right, so let's go, um, let's go real quick. Um, actually, I want to go back to the, what's going on in these calls that you're having about with the Venture uh, Association. Oh, so um, uh, if, if you guys are not familiar with it, the National Venture Capital Association—it's yeah. the trade group for venture capitalists. Yeah. Um, I hear what's happening. You know, you know, they're very like like the beauty of the NVCA is that they sit in DC, they maintain constant contact with you know all, all of the elements of the federal government, and so I give them a ton of credit. On Friday, we had folk, we, we we had a bunch of Treasury Department officials on a, on a on a on a giant Zoom call with a bunch of venture capitalists, in which we basically were yelling at them for an hour, in which we said, "You don't understand this." Systemic risk you're creating if you don't insure these deposits, mm-hmm. um, and give the give the Treasury Department a lot of credit. They listened to us, um, uh, and, and they were like, "We understand what you're saying." And, Sorry, you know. I have to jump in. Yeah. They are creating. They created the. Yeah. No, they did not create what happened. The VCs created this, and yeah. you know, honestly, mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I've spent a 25 year career in finance, 17 of it in venture, but the first eight in investment banking, mm-hmm. and I was an MBS trader. And so I understand like everything about these securities and like what happened and the duration mismatch, but this was entirely created by the VCs and people being greedy and people you know wanting to put themselves first. Like you've all seen, it's a wonderful life. Like banking system doesn't fucking work if people are greedy assholes, and that's exactly what happened within 30 minutes. Everyone in BC fucked each other on purpose. Okay? So don't blame the government. It's not their fucking responsibility to bail us out. You should know very well that the FDIC fucking insurance deposit limit is 250000 So don't go and yell at them and tell them they fucking owe you something. Like you claim to be an institutional investor, you know how it fucking works. That's your risk. The taxpayers, these people here who don't have a fucking bank account, SVB, they owe you nothing. So 
for their fucking mercy. The entitlement of this industry is fucking staggering. Like, honestly, be ashamed that you have the audacity to sit up here and like laugh about it and be like, the government's gonna fucking bail me out. Because you know what? They shouldn't. And yeah, I also had plenty of uninsured deposits. I was about to do a deal for a company and we lost that money. But you know what? That's what's called counterparty risk. And you know what it is. Okay, so just don't. You know, like the greed and the entitlement is beyond. And I want every VC and every, you know, the startups I do not blame, but these VCs who created the run on the bank need to fucking humble themselves right now, okay, and ask for help, not just demand it. So where do we go from there? How are you going to Yeah. No, but I mean, let, let's be super clear here. Actual VC exposure is, ex like, VC funds are transitory vehicles. Right. We're not the ones who have lost money. Right. Yeah, we are, actually. Like, most venture capital funds do capital calls okay. as needed. Okay. We all have a ton of money in accounts right now, right. but we own the equity in these portfolio companies that have lost money. I don't actually have that much exposure. Like my fund level risk, and I was literally in the middle of doing a deal, was only like, you know, less than 900,000. It's not gonna break the fund. Our portfolio level risk was like a couple million. But where the risk stands is people who didn't get their paychecks on Friday, you know, or are not gonna get it next right. week. Portfolio companies are scrambling to raise money right now. They're taking out loans on personal assets, yeah. right? right? That are like, you know, yes, I'm glad that the government's gonna come in and like provide a rescue, but you know, we, we just all have to be really cognizant here of what happens when we as human beings cannot act in our own best interest, right? Any econ majors here? Has anyone studied game theory? Right? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's you know it's like the prisoner's dilemma, right? Who knows what the prisoner's dilemma is? I don't know. Like I know Frank likes stocks. No, go, go for it. it. Yeah, you get. Yeah. Let's breathe. Yeah, let's breathe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. breathe. Yeah. 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 It's been a while, but I could do it. Okay, go for it. Take it. Take it. What's the prisoner's dilemma? Look, look. I just want to be very clear here. The challenge we have is that. You're right, FDIC insurance, $250,000. Not very much. It's not a lot of money. Yes. If you're a company of a certain size, you're getting ready for payroll on Monday. You're not going to have money. You're not going to have enough money to make payroll. So what does that now, look like? Now, the FDIC has a very specific process they go through to liquidate the assets or to, you know, there's also talk, who knows if it can happen, probably unlikely that there's a white knight to save the bank. But at the end of the day, you have to figure out how to get people paid on Monday. And the question is, how fast can we liquidate the assets of SVB so people can get paid on Monday? And that's the thing that we were trying to explain to Treasury. People need to get paid on Monday. No, look at it, right? I mean, I mean you I, seem very angry about it. I, I am very angry. Like, but but that's angry. the thing we have to make sure. We have to make sure people get paid on Monday. Well, so first of all, People usually actually get paid on Friday, so like yeah. that already passed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? like so what in this one payment? Yeah. Um, which is fine. Liquidating a eighty million dollar, sorry, eighty billion dollar yeah. bond portfolio yeah. isn't going to happen in a day. Right. Um, so that's not on the table. So you know the option is that basically. So what the government, you know, what people think the government's going to do is like, so first of all, 
number one, you get your 250k, right? That's insurance, that's government. Then the second thing that we get is, you know, an advanced dividend, right? So they will take some percentage of the uninsured deposits. It'll be probably like 25% to maybe a little bit more. Yeah. You'll get that back, which is great. So, you know, people should have some cash, some liquidity on Monday. So, um, beyond that, the FDIC has floated the idea of providing a loan to startups against the uninsured deposits, which is essentially them taking on the liability of the recovery. Right. So I know that Jeffries and a few other you know, smaller banks have made a market um, for SUV deposit loan holders of about 70 cents on the dollar. And given you know, what's involved with making that market and you know, the time to claim, people think the recovery rate will probably be somewhere around 90%. So what I think is really important for folks to realize is that SVB didn't really do the screw up here. Like, they had decent asset coverage. Like, you know, they essentially got stuck with some very long duration bonds that were purchased, you know, at low interest rates, right, at low yields, and when interest rates went up, the value of those bonds declined by about $1.8 billion. Um, but but that that's, up. Right, but you know, like, you can't control what the risk-free interest rate is, right? It's not like they misjudged, you know, risk, or they, you know, bought toxic assets. Um, the problem really became that out of an abundance of caution, they decided to raise capital, and that signal to the market Roughly. caused... That's, I mean, that's what people took it as. Right, yeah. exactly. Like, we have illiquid assets, right. we're going to try and sell some at a loss, you know, and it spooked people, yeah. right? And so, number one, you wonder why people who work in communications get paid so much. <laughs> now we know why. Yeah, right. Well, I was asked, what could they have done differently? I mean, they did, should they even have mentioned it? Should they put out the they big press to. release that we're going to, we need to raise money? Like, do they have to do that? Like, do, could they just go raise money? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean yeah. look. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, look. <laughs> you know, the, the crazy thing for me about SVB is how vanilla of a screw up it was yeah. from the standpoint of the way they, they lost their money. Right. Like, like there's a narrative going out there that SVB loaned a lot of money to a bunch of startups and the startups weren't paying their loans back. And yeah. that's not what happened. These were literally treasury. Yeah. They bought MBSs and treasury. Yeah, they bought 10-year duration MBSs. They got upside down on the interest rate. They lost a few billion bucks. And then it was, oh no, let's just raise some equity from the a public markets. Well, as soon as they <laughs> went to the time. public markets to say that they needed to raise the equity, everyone started freaking out and saying, "Oh my God, these people don't have money." Yep. Um, uh, and then, and then the bank hysteria run kind of kicks in. Um, uh, and you know, it's it, you know, it, it, and like I said, it's like an extremely vanilla bank run type situation from this in the world of bank runs that occur. And so then the question is, is okay. This is a unique institution um, where 90% of all balances were above the FDIC insurance requirement because these were companies that make payroll, and payroll is higher than the 250K. Um, uh, and so now we're trying to figure out how to live through that process. So I think that the, the one thing, yeah. and as he says, a great explanation, the one thing that he yeah. missed there is that it wasn't just about raising the capital, it wasn't just about the $1.8 billion loss. So I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah. they actually were in 30 year MBS. Right. And so it's basically, no yeah. Explain what that is. So more mortgage-backed securities, right? right? So essentially, 
the vast majority of assets in our system, everyone thinks, oh, it's all venture capital and, yeah. and public equity stocks, but actually the vast majority, like trillions of dollars, mm -hmm. is all in your homes, right? So when you buy a home, what's the first thing you do? How do you buy it? You don't pay cash? No. no, you take a loan, right? And how long does that loan last? 30 fucking years. It's a long time. So if you, if you uh, lend money, right, for 30 years at, you know, what, what were interest rates before? Four, they were like three. three. Yeah, three. I think my mortgage is like 3%. Yeah, now it's like so seven, low. right? Yeah. If you basically lend money at 3% for 30 years and then, you know, in six months, the mortgage rate goes up to like 7%. Yeah. Basically, even though you haven't lost money, that person's still paying the 3% on the books, right. right? It seems like you've lost a ton of value, right? Because of that opportunity cost. And so what yeah, banks have to do yeah. is they technically, first of all, if they need to raise cash, when they sell that into market that, you know, let's say you had a bond that was worth, you know, $1,000 when interest rates were at 3%, not about 7%, your bonds may be worth $900, right, or $850. Like, it takes a substantial cut because the duration is so long, right? You have to think about, like, the present value of that money for 30 years. The impact is a lot. Even though nothing fundamentally changed except where the Fed, like, puts interest rates. So it wasn't like uh, SUB investing in toxic assets. You know, it's just due to an uncontrollable change in the risk adjust rate. The other thing which is a function of what Aziz mentioned, is that because basically, I would say well, close to 100%, right, of their um, deposit holders are either startups or VCs, who here has a startup? Wow. Who here has raised a round in the last 12 months? Good for you, that happened? Exactly. Wow. <laughs> so we can see that was maybe 10%, yeah, and that means 90% of their deposit holders have been burning cash. And essentially what that means is that their mm -hmm. deposits have declined tremendously. And the reason that people haven't raised in last year is because nobody wants to do a down round, right? Like nobody wants, everyone's trying to wait it out. Mm -hmm. And the problem is for the bank, What's happening that entire time? Are these startups making money? Or are they burning money? Right? They're burning. Quick follow-up to that, just to kind of keep talking, because that that's a great point I wanted to talk to all of you about. Is that you know for the last twelve months, it hasn't been like there's been ten percent in this room getting funded. What's been the overall? Right? It's not been that many. And has that also then obviously we're talking about burning cash, but how is that? Why is that happening? Like why weren't VCs investing? What was? Because we're frightened. Like because well, we're. We heard there might be a recession. Like, what's the reasoning? Like, that and is, is that impacted this? Obviously, it's impacted it more. So, it, okay. So, number one, yes, VCs have to take a pause and be why? Like, because you have to figure out. Okay. So, like, it's called like catching a falling knife, right? So, like, I used to be a public, you know, a bond trader, a public trader. Like, it's the same thing. Even though we see probably the pricing moves the slowest, is that you don't want to like do deals when you don't know like where the market is right, right? so you've got to like give it some time because, what caused that fear well i mean obviously like you know okay so the way that we make investments is we look at a company right and we think where could this company be in five years right, right? and to figure out where it could be in five years we estimate how much revenue is probably generating in five years and then we look at a public market multiple, right? Which is, you know, used to be 20x revenue, 10x revenue. 
And so we apply, like let's say, we'll, we'll pick a more normal number, right? Just 10 times right now. So I know that in five years, startup A that I invest in is going to be making 50 million in revenue, or I, I think that's possible. I think that in five years, it might be worth 500 million, right? The problem is that when we saw everything, and this is a public market multiple, when the public markets started just tanking, those multiples also went down for us, right? Which is that, okay, so in five years, he's like being worth, being worth 500 million, this company needs to be worth 100 million. So we right? need to get back so to why did it start tanking? Oh, originally, like yeah. why did the market start tanking all this. in the very so first that, place? You really want to point a finger? God, I don't remember what COVID. <laughs> no, yeah. it wasn't COVID. We were, well, we were spending like crazy on COVID. Right, I mean, yeah. well, this was after, like, what, yeah. what really happened? Oh, you know what? Oh, I remember. Some asshole remember. Putin there you decided go. to fucking blow up an entire country. There you right? go. You literally, like, destroy an entire yeah. nation. Yeah. That would do it. There's a new impact. Scared. People get scared. You know what's so crazy is, like, I was like, you know what? Like, has it been such a nuts year? We don't even remember like, why this happened. Yeah, we like, can't even remember what started this. That? Yeah, exactly. It could have been a pandemic, but it wasn't. It was yeah. actually I mean, I mean, the... the my very quick summary is uh, in 2020 and 2021, the venture market got very, very big. Um, uh, we raised a lot of money for a lot of companies. $330 billion in 2022, guys. And so, and so as a result of the startup market getting very, very large, SVB's balance sheet also got very, very large. And they just ran out of places to put the money. And so they put the money, they, they put it in because banks don't just sit on cash, they right. put their money in into the safest, a place they could, the safest is, places they could which find. Which is mortgages, so. generally. Yeah. And Until then, and then raise the rates. in the year 2022, as interest rates increased, as energy supplies were constricted, and as food supplies were constricted, and as we saw the Ukraine war kick in, the economy started to contract. And as the economy started to contract, venture capitalists also slowed down their investment behavior for a long list of reasons. Well, there's always a whisper like, oh, recession's coming, oh, right. look out. And so, and so be, I know, yeah. that's what's been And so because of that contraction, yeah, totally. SVB, saw their balance sheet get smaller in size. Right. And as they saw their balance sheet get smaller in size, they tried to start to sell off some of the assets they had bought at, in 2020 and 2021 right. at these very low, low interest rate. rates. And that's what kind of sticks Just them in the bind yeah. because now you have a shrinking balance sheet with assets that were worth less than when you bought them. Right. And that's why you have to figure out it's where to get sale. some more cash yeah, from. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Sorry. I think we got that. We're, I think we're at, down to the point. You, you got a summary you want to throw? Where do we go with the future of this? I'm going to start with Maria because yeah. she's got a, an interesting take <laughs> yeah. on this. Um, I know. She's, no, I mean, so yeah. what you're doing, you're doing a couple of different things, right? You're, you've got a platform that allows people to, to crowdfund. Maybe yeah. that's something that could help the fact that all the venture capitalists in the world are half of them are fucked, pretty much. Um, primary language, but that's what it sounds like. Um, and so. Fuck is a strong word. Okay. Concerned. <laughs> Concerned is a good word. Concerned. Yeah. All right, so you also get both sides of it, though. You also have a fund. Mm -hmm. yeah. So how do you see this like playing out with you all in the near future? We'll switch gears a little bit. Probably heard enough about that other thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, one last thing on this. Okay, yeah, go switch it back. We can switch it back. No. 
There is no other thing. No, it's all time. No other thing, but I would say that I think we have an interesting perspective, right? Because we're a startup that helps other startups start up. Yeah. So we've also been experiencing, like, on our side, a lot of the things that these startups are going through, you know, like this huge market boom and then contracting, like, you know, we had layoffs in the summer, just like a lot of these tech companies did yeah. um, in startups. So uh, that's been certainly interesting to, like, be building and empathizing with our portfolio companies alongside, like, what our team is even experiencing. Yeah. So um, anyway, but as far as crowdfunding goes, yes, uh, we do <laughs> equity crowdfunding. We do have a private venture fund and then also early stage blockchain advising. Um, and to your point, I do think it is has always been, you know, an alternative and complementary uh source of capital for founders, right? And the great thing about crowdfunding, especially with Republic and these other platforms, is that these can be done alongside an institutional round. It doesn't have to be completely either or, right? I mean, there are certainly some startups that you know will only raise crowdfunding, and that's great. Um, but this can be done uh, you know, side by side in an institutional round, and it's an amazing way to cre create a competitive moat um, around your customers and bring them along for the ride, right? Um, and when we talk about supporting diverse and underrepresented founders, female founders, you're not just, you know, this is a female founder, they're raising capital, but they're also bringing other diverse people along with them onto the cap table. So there's a lot of, you know, space for impact. Uh, and, and obviously not every company is right for crowdfunding, and that's fine. That's why we have other sources of capital, um, like the people on this panel, and then our fund, um, even within the Republic world. Um, Talk about your fund. What does your fund do? Yes, our fund is uh, Republic Capital. They focus specifically on deep tech space and climate tech, and then FinTech and Web3. So it's okay. a pretty more niche uh, thesis. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so it's not every company that comes through your pipeline. Oh, that's interesting. And then how have you seen, um, how have you seen this, like, since this, like, last Friday, have you seen any, like, changes with what you're doing? Are you guys going to, like, do anything differently? Like, well, once you get into your bank and, and I'll just say, last Friday is AKA. Two days ago. <laughs> oh. Holy cow. Like, it felt like a week ago. <laughs> and then, and then, yeah. It's just like so funny how like, it feels. It feels like, like a week ago. Yeah, I know, but it's oh like, no, it was yesterday. Anyway, yeah. yesterday. Yeah, yesterday that happened. This um, was also the talk about wow. the wedding conversations. Yeah, that, that. <laughs> it has spread You're to like, the public. Oh, wow. Um, no, but yeah. I would say we also have PR people that are paid a lot to tell me not to talk about some of these things. Oh, okay. Um, but but I would say that um, yeah shout out to all of our comms people um, but I would say very similarly right like on Monday we have an all hands to talk about the environment you know what's going on how we can support our portfolio companies and just the broader environment that we the broader ecosystem that we all are a part of um, innovation ecosystem so yeah I'll leave it at that okay. interesting okay, so there's opportunities for startups um, to still fundraise yeah. funds. And yeah, are you going to impact others? So, so what I would say is this, is if you have a great solution to a problem and you're building something, that can be built under any circumstance, yeah. right? Like what we're talking about is a liquidity crunch, you know, chaos in the markets. But that shouldn't stop innovation. That shouldn't stop smart, passionate people from building things that they deeply care about that are going to be creating value. So if you're doing that, Keep market, doing yeah, it. The market can be down. Just keep doing what you're doing, and yeah. this is for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, I just want to say one thing on this. So I know there's lots of concern, people are freaking out, and that is 100% valid. But I think as all of us that work in startups, you know, on the flip side of that concern is opportunity. Like yeah. 10 years from now, the next you know billion dollar unicorns are going to be created right now, right. and even the largest funds, right, were no, were no. raised um, no. in the past in the past like. Recession. Well, so, and we've seen it happen. History beats itself. Totally. Like 2008, right? Exactly. So time was similar. Exactly. So, yeah, I guess just as an encouragement to the founders in the room, and I think 
in the VC world, you know, people talk a lot, right? We give a lot of advice to founders, but like at the end of the day, you're the founder. It's your business. You you filter our advice through like what you know to be true. Um, and then you keep building. And like people are still deploying capital, right? Like we still have dry powder. I'm sure they do too. Like this is still happening. People are dry just, powder is money available. Yes, money available to be deployed into startups. Yeah. Um, so, you know, take what you see in the market. That's those are big macro trends, but then Think about yourself, what's best for your business at this point, you know, obviously consider some of the valuation trends, things like that, but keep building, like you're, you're doing the thing, right? The point is not to be a shiny company that raises venture capital, the point is to create a, a business of enduring value, um, yeah. and if you're doing that, keep doing it. So how do you do that then, who wants to jump in? What's that mean? Well, I kind of know, but I'll pass it out. I'll just say, just to follow up, is that, you know, you guys are builders, you're not traders, you're not here to time the market, you can't only start your startup when like the market's a perfect high end, yeah. you always got to building, I'm saying working on it. So, you know, we're all concerned and we're having to like share this information, but you guys are driving innovation. You're actually creating, you guys are the creators and, you know, don't pay attention to bullshit. Don't let it get you down. Like obviously make sure you have runway and money in the bank, but, you know, remember that like your job is not to raise when, you know, is, is not to, to, uh, <laughs> to, to, you know, buy low, sell high, <laughs> remember, like your job is to build. And I think that every VC is here to support our portfolio companies in doing that and to make sure that they have the least amount of their mind worried about bank account balances, capital, and they can focus on building. And also from a fun perspective, you've been talking to your PR team, what have they been telling you to say? Yeah, well, uh, you know. <laughs> I'm doing hard. But what I will say is that on Friday, I called our largest LPs. Um, our largest LP is the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Lauren Reserve, who's their CIO, has been there for 20 years. Maybe she was at Yale and Ivy. Like, she's got some of the best experience ever. Uh, Russ Carson, who is like 80 years old, like the founder of a huge private equity firm every day gets up, is in the office every day, actually co work on his office for six months. Billionaire, every single morning, he's in the office taking his money to do good for people, right? To help people. So these LPs were immediately on the phone with us and they said, Erica, it's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Whatever you need, we've got you. The money is going to be there for you, it's going to be there for your portfolio companies. Always when you have new accounts spun up. So, you know, it is terrifying, and I think that the terrifying part is that if there's contagion beyond SUV, that would be very problematic. I think that, you know, sometimes First Republic, you know, is at rest right now. Um, a few others that we mentioned, uh, kind of signature, Wells Fargo, like a couple other, you know, small banks. Um, we know that if you know, as Aziz says, if the FDIC doesn't step in in a very strong way, there could be sort of some dominoes falling. Um, we'll see what happens. But I would say, you know, the investor base like understands that the assets are not toxic. This should be, this isn't like an FTX situation. There should be a temporary liquidity crisis. Uh, as I said, Traders are willing to pay 70 cents on the dollar as of last night, I checked this morning, for depository claims, which means that they should come out about 90% recovery. So as long as people don't go nuts and get greedy, 
like we should get our money back, but like we all have to realize that like we all have a hand in what the outcome is. And if everyone panics, it will be bad. And unfortunately, like people probably will panic because that's just the nature of humans. Um, but if we can figure out some way in our hearts to actually like come together, and you know, this is kind of what government is for, right? Is to step in and say, you know, hey, we'll provide some sort of a safety net, we'll provide some sort of you know confidence. Um, we can actually avoid screwing ourselves over. So that's good. Yeah, country. Yeah. Big one. Aziz, how about you? Your funds. Right, what are you looking at? Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I mean, so so you know, I, I think I mentioned this before, but I'll say it again. Venture capital vehicles. At the end of the day. We don't sit on bank accounts full of millions and millions of dollars. Um, uh, we have limited partners, and our limited partners sit on the millions and millions of dollars. And then we call them when we want the money to invest in a startup. So what we do, so what if they happen in Morgan Bank? Yeah, yeah. So, so so what we do, so 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 for example, our bank account was nominally at SVB, which was very entertaining. Um, uh, so 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 on Thursday, like you know, we find out that our bank accounts are frozen. On Friday, like we literally, like it was funny. I was here at South by Southwest. I was in the back of an Uber, and I was sending pictures of my driver's license to uh, banks uh, to set up new bank accounts. And so we got a bank account up and running on Friday, uh, which is why we were able to kind of accept wires from our limited partners. So I, this is my way of saying that this has been a giant headache for venture capitalists, but. Like on Monday, it's business as usual for us again um, uh, because we're getting the money from our LPs and we'll be ready to start deploying almost immediately. Okay, I don't even know what you're talking about yeah. because it's not about yeah. the money in our fucking accounts. No, but the question it's is about our, our portfolio should, companies. So like, I literally have a portfolio company. Yeah. I'm not going to say what the name is, but they had $13 million in cash, about Two million was supposed to go out in payroll and like you know money they owed to people on Friday. They left it in SVB. This Saturday actually had the foresight to move it, but you know where he moved it to? First Republic. Fucking First Republic. <laughs> <laughs> and I called him yesterday. I was like, delete. I'm sorry. You got it. I was like, you should probably think about getting another bank account because this is the problem. Is that it's not just like yes, like. We very rarely have tons of cash in our, in our accounts, but our portfolio companies have tons of cash in their accounts. Right? But see, these, so these are two. The rest. I just want to be very clear. If so you, your portfolio companies had SVB accounts? No. So okay. if you're a startup that had money at SVB, this is a very stressful week. Yeah. If you're a startup trying to raise money net new from a venture capital fund, that's business as usual on Monday because venture capital funds are fine. Our portfolio companies yeah. might possibly yeah. lose all of their deposits. How the fuck are we fine? Like, are you not yeah. seeing this? Like, yeah. do you not have portfolio companies that have money at SUV? Do yeah. you not own those companies and realize that that yeah. money is at risk? Like, I, I don't, like, the math isn't mathing here with what you're saying. <laughs> like, the you're, you are at risk. Like, I don't know why you think you're going to be okay. You're not fucking going to be okay. And the reason that you're not going to be okay is that all those companies, the 50% yeah. of venture-backed startups that had money at SVB, all have to go to their VCs and ask for more money. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, if you're trying to raise new money, it's not like, oh yeah, we have all this money to give you. All of our money has to go to like making sure that 
the existing companies right. who just lost millions of dollars potentially don't go under. So, so take it seriously. And so if you go back to the timeline that right. you were just walking through, yeah. Monday they have the 250K. Hopefully mid next week, they're going to get another portion of their deposits back. Right. And then if they need immediate money, they can trade it into banks to get another portion of their money back. But the question, I mean, this is a very stressful week for those portfolio companies. Venture capital funds will backstop those companies for this week. But as long as we all remain calm, this is a very manageable risk situation. I mean, I'm using your own timeline. Okay. All I'll tell you is that everyone thinks the risk is small until the black swan thing happens. So I'm not trying to panic people or to scare everyone. And like I said, you know, I think that we should all like rally together and be supportive. But for anyone to like underestimate the systemic risk that we are facing over this weekend is just, you know, is, is crazy because it's really there. Um, you know, I had sort of a funny story. One of my really good friends who works like sort of running events, um, you know, she called me a couple weeks ago and she had done an event for some company called like Crypto Boss Concierge. And, you know, she was like, oh, this company, they asked me to write an event for them. And it was like $10,000, and they were going to do their event with Tiffany's. You know, it's LVMH, so I assumed, like, and they were like, we need to switch, will you do it? I assumed they were, you know, good for the money. And I did this event, and now the woman has run off to Australia, and she's not paying me, and I'm out 10 grand. And I'm such a bitch that I literally said to this is my best friends, I said, Shannon, you know what it's called? I was like, that's what we call counterparty risk. I was like, you know, you should have thought about your counterparty. Your counterparty is a company called Crypto Boss Concierge, um, and we're in the middle of like, you know, the biggest crypto decline ever. Like, there's a chance you will get your money back. And so, you know, I felt terrible because, you know, from my trader hat, I was like, you know, it's clear how you made a mistake. But then on Friday, I literally had to call her and be like, hey, Shannon. Remember I was telling you about counterparty risk? <laughs> like, I basically had that with Silicon Valley Bank. Like, they're our bank, you know, they sponsor all our events, like everything. And so it's like what we have to be really cognizant of is that there are small risks that are priced, you know, just 5% chance. But the thing is, like, these things happen, and we are experiencing that right now. And so I don't want, you know, anyone in this room to like feel too confident about the fact that, oh, don't worry, you know, we're certain the government's going to step in. I mean, politically, this could be a nightmare for the administration, right? Because unfortunately, you know, as I said, we're in a situation where we're asking to be bailed out of a crisis that we created ourselves. And that's just not going to go over well, you know? And I certainly hope that the government you know, in the interest of stability and, you know, making sure that all of our startups can grow and function and vendors get paid and employees get paid, they step in and help us out. But like, honestly, it's it's not a given, you know? And I think that we, we have a certain sense of entitlement, which is that people who make money in the capital markets, you know, when they make money, 
They're like, oh, well, I got paid for taking risks. But then when that risk goes bad, they never want to be left holding bad, ever. And it's always, oh, government, you have to come in and step in and bail us out. You know? It's like we're never actually forced to like accept the downside. When, when upside happens, we want to be like, we're so smart, that counts. You know, I mean, eventually people are going to get wise to this. And obviously, like, I stand benefit from bailout, but like, you know, we, we all have to learn a little bit more about how our capital market system work, our banking system work, like, you know, what it really means to not only take the upside, but the downside as well. Well, I think I think this panel and all your discussions has helped to educate people, help helped others. Hopefully, did anybody learn anything today? Awesome. Just a couple. Just a couple. <laughs> Make sure you're back. Did you hear what I said? Did you learn anything back there? Okay. That's right. Well, I know we're about at time. We got another session here in a second, but I really appreciate you coming today and talking about this. We're gonna go quickly around the horn, really quick. We talked a lot about the potential negative outcome and how we're gonna stay calm. Mm -hmm. With that in mind, we're all going to take a deep breath and we're going to think about what can we do right now to make sure that startups and everybody that's trying to raise right now, what would that advice be to those startups that are out there trying to raise? I know that we've got a lot, a storm coming potentially, but what would you say to them? Nothing. Nothing? <laughs> no. I mean, I mean, again, I can't stress this enough. Um, uh, if you're a startup and you're providing a value to a customer, Focus on that piece of the business. Now, if you had a bank account balance at SVB, work with your venture capitalist to try to figure out how to solve that mess. It's a giant mess and we'll work together to figure that out. But if you're a startup and you weren't at SVB, okay, I mean, you're still building your business. Focus on building your business and, you know, um, uh, uh, and, 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 you know, focus on the things that you can completely control. Uh, yeah, I was definitely going to say, like, figure out a way to cut through the noise with everything that's happening and have that extreme focus, but also, like, lean on your advisors, lean on your VCs, like, get, you know, advice and encouragement from the people that can give that to you um, in reality, uh, but also explore all your options, right? Like, you know, VC is one, one form of capital, there are lots of others, um, and also, like, continue to be educated, learn, um, because as Erica mentioned, like we're, we're all a part of this, right? We're all in this innovation ecosystem, and the more that we can all uh, be educated, advocate, and, and in Capitol Hill, right? We live in DC, or I live in DC. Um, that's a huge part of, of moving this industry forward and hopefully mitigating some of these things in the future. So, um, you know, learn as much as you can, lean on your advisors, cut through the noise, um, and keep building. So what I would tell folks is this, is that it's already been a really challenging year. We're about a year into when the market first started crashing. Um, and right now, we're kind of on the precipice of, I think, possibly a very long winter. And I remember when things started going bad in Q2 last year, we had portfolio companies that were like, we don't want to do a round, down round. This is kind of how SVB ended up. Told, we don't want to do a down round. We don't want to like take money in our valuation. We're going to put it off. Things are going better. Things are going better. I would say that right now, you, if you are trying to raise money, you should do it very quickly, as quickly as you can. Take whatever you can get, and I'll tell you why. Is that when things start to dip, there are always going to be a few people 
usually people with very little life experience, we think, oh my God, this is my time to jump in and get stuff done. And they will do some things, some, some money will go out probably over the next month or so. But once things continue to decline, then you're gonna see everyone shut off the faucet. But it's been shut off. I mean, I mean it, it has. This guy, he can raise money, yep. that was it. Yeah, it has. But two people. we, you know, I would say that probably, yeah, what are we, like almost at the end of Q1? Yeah. I would say from beginning of Q1 to now, there was a little more popular back up and like willing to write checks again and wanting to deploy. Now, you know, we just got slapped again. Oh, get back down, you know? <laughs> so I would just say that like, number one, there was all, already concern prior to last week that almost everyone and their mother was going out for new rounds in Q2. And there was gonna be a huge influx of things in the market. And you know, if you have an AI company, good for you. <laughs> You'll probably be able to get some money, everyone else, like, forget it. But the problem now is that a lot of that time and attention is going to be diverted to existing portfolio. So finding new investors is gonna be more challenging. And so if you, you know, if any of you have it in your mind that, okay, well, we've got, you know, six to nine months of runway, we're going to wait this out for things to get better, don't do that. Take your money, take your down round, take your lumps. If your company is successful at the end of the day, you're still going to make money. Don't try to time the market. Like, you just can't do it. And we are probably already in that falling knife situation. So, you know, like as they say, like it's not over until it's over. For you guys right now, the most important thing is to have runway, you know, to make sure that your company can survive this, right? So just whatever you can do to get the capital you need to survive. And that could be raising your capital, it can be, you know, slash and burn, you know, whatever you can do to make sure that you have as much time as possible because these cycles, I mean, it sucks because generally when startups raise money, they raise like 18 to 24 months of runway. And I would say, you know, based on historicals, it generally takes about three years to get through a market downturn. So, you know, it could take a while. All right, great advice. You got one more bit, bit. Focus on customers. I think that's the good one, right? Yeah, Find customers, yeah. build your product around it. Also, look at other options. Um, as we can, we're going to be talking about later the American Seed Fund and other government options as well. So, thank you again, both, or for all of you, for, so, for sharing this, uh, this moment with me. All right, wow. As you can see, opinions were being developed and the conversation was quite hot at some times, but. It all got sorted out in the end, and when uh, we recorded the panel, it was still kind of up in the air. So um, we loved every second of that. Obviously, the the authenticity there and everybody sharing um, their perspective. So thank you all for being a part of it. And uh, again, I want to mention that uh, you know the debacle with SVB definitely had a huge impact on Austin and South by because you know they bank a lot of startups and there were a lot of startups there. So thankfully, it's been sorted. Um, it's still being sorted out from like a you know, they haven't sold SVB yet, but, um, you know, there's definitely, um, there's definitely been some resolution to some of it so that people can make payroll and whatnot. And also want to mention that, uh, SVB was a supporter of us at startup the year and has been for quite some time. They helped launch this podcast by being a sponsor of the podcast. So, um, we appreciate SVB and, and their support of the startup community and working with us over the years. 
um, you know, on different types of things related to the startup community and obviously going to be missed. So hopefully um, others will step in and do the work that they were doing and as they continue to, um, it's continued to be needed for startups. So um, appreciate what they were able to do in the time that they were available for startups. All right, that's the show for today. Thanks for listening. I hope you, you enjoyed the conversation or learned something from it. If you did, please share it. We appreciate it. And if you'd like to share a review, we'd love that too. We, we want to hear from you. So please put them out there and it'll help others find us as well. And as always, if you have a startup idea and you want to get it going, today is the best day to start up, not tomorrow, not the next day. Get it going, get it started. And please join our community for access to support, expert advice, and all the resources you might need to elevate your startup by simply going to startupofyear.com or go to SOTY.link forward slash apply. Join today. Until next time, I'm Frank Gruber. Don't forget to hug your loved ones out there. Make sure to uh, you know make some waves out there in the world. And good luck starting up. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Startup of the Year podcast. Be sure to subscribe and we'll be back with another episode soon.